Making sales social to me means being your authentic self, realizing that everybody else is already taken. So focus on being you it makes it so much easier to tell the truth when you're being yourself and let let it out because we all laugh, smile, cry, get nervous, yeah. get anxious. But the sooner you just dive into that, I think you'll win and you'll develop relationships a lot quicker. Welcome to the Making Sales Social podcast, featuring the top voices in sales, marketing, and business. Join host Bryn Tillman as she brings you the best tips and strategies our guests are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social self. Here is your host, Bryn Tillman. Welcome back to Making Sales Social. I'm so excited about this episode. We've got Casey Jaycox, the author of Win the Relationship, Not the Deal, which teaches six common sense strategies. Casey's no-nonsense and personal approach to building authentic relationships helps humans improve self-awareness, helps them ditch their ego, and find simple ways to build lifelong relationships that for salespeople can really help us grow our business. Casey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm, uh, it's an honor to be here and I'm excited to have a fun conversation with you. I'm excited too. Tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you get to the six common sense strategies? Well, I uh, I spent over 20 years in corporate. I was a college athlete. I was a hashtag Uncle Rico for the Napoleon Dynamite fans out there. Um, I have to mention the college football and because I learned a lot about adversity, grit, resilience, goal setting through playing sports. I know that sports always don't apply to every person, so I'll be sensitive of different analogies to use, but, um, I was a corporate, I was a seller for 20 plus years, moved into executive leadership and had this idea about 10 years ago when this phrase hit me about, we have to win people. I was mentoring folks. We have to win relationships. And even when you lose a deal, you can still win a person on how you respond. Are you staying neutral in your thought? Are you, whatever you, however you go about doing that, there's still ways to bring up positivity to the person you're working with. And it hit me like, that's the title of the book. But I did not want to write the book when I was still in corporate because I didn't want to make it have that to be an out or an excuse and ha and have a have myself not fully focused because I wanted to be all in on my corporate job. And then when the time came for for me to part ways, which was the it was a nice nice divorce. I'm still great friends with all my former employees, executives, etc. And I spent four months on writing, and it's everything I've ever thought it would be, except who I'm serving. Um, and when I left corporate. And I also did not anticipate getting into coaching. I thought I might be a speaker because I do like speaking, but, and I did not know that starting a podcast as well for fathers would, mm. would bring all this together. And, you know, fast forward, you know, two years later, I, I someone said, do you realize you started a business in a global pandemic? Mm. I'm like, that's actually pretty cool. I know it. I didn't ever sit back to think about that, but that's really how it how it happened. And it's so fun just helping people slow down to go fast. It's it's fun to give people a tool that, you know, as the author, I've read this book eight or nine times through the editing process when I narrated the audible. I still mm -hmm. learn from myself, which tells me oh, I love that. These are lifelong that. lessons that I'm I'm not perfect at it. I'm the author. But it gives us a tool to get back to center on on in ways to kind of figure, okay, where where are my gaps? What are things I'm not doing that I need to get better at? Love so. that. So I'm going to jump deeper into those six common sense strategies. But before I do, we ask all of our guests to answer one question, which is what does making sales social mean to you? Making sales social to me means 
being your authentic self, realizing that everybody else is already taken. So focus on being you makes it so much easier to tell the truth when you're being yourself. I so agree. I would just say simply that just be, be yourself and let, let it out because we all laugh, smile, cry, get nervous, yeah. get anxious. But the sooner you just dive into that, I think you'll, you'll, you'll win and you'll develop relationships a lot quicker. Yeah. You can't have relationships that are inauthentic because they'll blow up pretty soon. So I love that. Just be yourself. So I thank you for that. Let's dive in. So six common sense strategies to win the relationship, not the deal. Mm -hmm. So let's start with number one. What's, what's the first strategy? The power of the golden rule. Treat people the way we want to be treated. When we're three or four or five years old, our parents taught that. Some parents did. Maybe our teachers did. Mm -hmm. But yet when we get into corporate America, we forget at advice. We are we think we're we're bigger than everybody. We can be rude to our admin. We can flip someone off. We can come in with our negative energy to an environment, to a meeting. I, maybe I got an argument with my spouse, my child, my wife, whoever it may be, and I bring that negative energy into a, a meeting or my environment. That's my fault. That's not my team's fault. Mm. So I think it's a good way to kind of realize again. You know, when I was when I played quarterback a long time ago, if, if I didn't bring positivity into the huddle, well, I didn't help the team. And so I think that mm -hmm. same mindset when we when we come into an office. Be someone that, you know, is, is a fountain of energy, not a drain, not sucking it out. Be someone that deposits into the bank, not with constantly withdrawing. I love that. It's interesting. You see the golden rule. I've been hearing this platinum rule lately, which is treat mm. people the way they want to be treated. What do you think of that? I like it. But again, make sure that we're, we're you know, you're doing what's what's also good for, for, for you and being you. And if it, you're doing yeah. something to be not you you know, if it, if it's, if you're only worrying about someone else and not worrying about like you staying centered with yourself. And I would just, I would only have a challenge with that is make sure you're still being yourself. Fair. Um, that that's yeah. a very good add to that. I love that. So you can treat them the way they want to be treated as long as it doesn't contradict the way you want to treat people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love well, that. And I will also say one thing. I, the very first line, few first lines of the book, when I, my son was seven years old, he said, daddy, what do you do for your job? And I could have easily, I could have told him, well, but dad, but dad, dad's a, you know, a senior account executive, return president, blah, 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 of staff augmentation, providing consulting resources that do UI, UX, and blah, 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 blah. He'd be like, what does my dad do? So I simplified it. I said, you know what, bud? When you're older, I'll explain it to you. Well, I'll explain it to you. But what dad does, he makes friends for a living. Ah! And my buddies were like, you can't say that. He's going to go think you can't, you, you just, you get money because you have friends. I said, why can't I say that? It's exactly what I do. When a friend needs help, I help them. If you as my friend needed help, would I, would I lie to you and steer you elsewhere? No, I'd set your expectations. I'd be honest. I'd say, Hey, let's find you. If I can't be the one to help you, I'd find you a different friend. And so that again, simplifying the mindset of what we do is it for me, it was a super helpful way to, as I train people, as I teach people now, as I remind myself, my, my, I love that. I think that's, that's brilliant. So what's number three? Two, actually. So two, two we go into- Oh, we, all of that was just- in so exciting. I know. Number two. Uh, expectation management. Okay. Set clear expectations. Um, too often relationships get eroded. Think about last time you bought something. Someone said it was going to be here on time. They, they told you they're going to send you something in the mail. Um, meetings at 10 o'clock. We showed up at 10, 18. Oh, there, yeah. Bryn's, Bryn's got stuff. She's, she's probably busy too. Are you setting someone's expectation? Hey, I'm going to be late. Hey, here's what's going on. I'm a big believer in over-communicating. Mm -hmm. Went ahead, get, a, get ahead of things that you know someone might be thinking of. Don't assume. My mom told me mm -hmm. earlier, you make an ass out of you and me. Right, right? I remember the old, that. Yeah. the old yeah. joke, 
as, as kids. But I just think, again, bringing focus and energy to expectation management, it sets clarity for relationship. It sets, you build trust a lot quicker by saying what you're going to do and go do it. And I, and I think our, our younger generation, I hate to be the old guy here, but we're so we're on text, we're, we're on you know Instagram, we're doing all these messaging where we don't, sometimes we can't control the tone of those expectations or how mm-hmm. we communicate them. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I believe that's a miss. And so like, you know, sarcasm when my, my kids want to have friends over there, say, Hey, I'm gonna text them. I said, sounds like you don't want to have them come over for a play date. What do you mean? I said, pick up the phone and call them. I make them call. Video and so chat. right. Do something, but just bring that kind of human element to it. But anyway, bringing it back to chapter two, it's, it's all about this clear setting expectations. And I provide examples where I, I did not do a good job of that in my career. And there's exercises throughout each chapter too that kind of help you. Oh, that's improve. fantastic. One of the things I like that you said was that you you, you believe in over-communication. Um, over the weekend, I actually, my best friend from sixth, seventh, and eighth grade uh, lives uh, is from Brazil. And she was in States and we, she and her sister stayed over this weekend. And there was an interpretation around communication, right? Because you're between Portuguese and English. And ultimately what she said, and I think this leads right into what you said, is when you don't communicate it enough, you're sweeping it all under the rug and then you might trip. And I thought that was great. And that was like some translation from Portuguese, but I thought that was awesome. So I thought I'd share that. So they might well, you you actually made me think of something too. One one of the best trainings I ever went through was my first job out of college. It was called the cigar box training. Looking to up your LinkedIn game? The Social Sales Link team has you covered with our LinkedIn Sales Accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. Visit socialsaleslink.com/in for more details. Again, that's socialsaleslink.com/slash in. So imagine my hand as a cigar box, and these are five, instead of these are cigars or fingers, but this is emotions instead or experiences. So let's say that you do something that frustrates me. Eh, I don't want to deal with it because it's, you know, or Bryn's late. All of a sudden, my fingers, our emotions are now getting tight, tight and strong. And now that cigar box is, is just we're trying to close it and not deal with these things or these frustrations or experiences. And then randomly you do something that's so silly and so simple and I explode. It's not your fault. That's my fault because I did not set expectations or communicate clearly. Maybe you did something that frustrated me, but you didn't even know it. Am I giving you the benefit of the doubt? Am I slowing down to go fast? And so that's, you know, another example where. uh, Yeah. That communication is critical. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. All right. Now are we on number three? We are. Yay. Yay. Uh, The difference between hearing and listening. I would say, don't just listen to your customers. Um, don't just hear your customers, listen to them. Sounds simple. Yet when you're talking, am I hold, yeah, looking at my smartwatch, looking at my phone, texting while you're talking, mm-hmm. uh, or, or am I removing that, treating you like you're the only person left in the world, making you have that Maya Angela moment, not what I said, what I said, but how I made you feel when you leave. And you're like, man, mm-hmm. he was different. Yeah. He, he actually listened. He, he didn't, well, but let me tell you about myself. No, it's another question. Wow, that sounds someone else. And when yeah. we make it more about someone else, weird, they open up. Weird. Now we have commonality, which leads to rapport, which leads to trust, which leads to a relationship. Imagine mm-hmm. that, everybody. But it takes listening, right? And listening is such a gift. And it's something you can practice, believe it or not. Yeah, I love that. The, um, Jeffrey Gittimer says, are you listening to, uh, to respond or are you listening to understand? And, you know, 
something like that. So obviously listen to understand, not listen to respond. So I love that. That's awesome. Go ahead. You want to, I was just going to say you um, in 2020, when we were dealing with, you know, the, the craziness of ever, all craziness, we got election, we got COVID very similar line. I, it hit me like lightning. He said, we, if we listen to learn versus listen to persuade, what would happen to our relationships? I so love just, that. Listen you know, to learn versus listen to persuade. That's great. That's a great line that write that down. If you're listening to this on our podcast, that's a great line. Listen to learn. Maybe we should make t-shirts. Listen. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think that yeah, I would buy one. Um, so number four, mm-hmm. power yeah. documentation. So most sales people don't like using these three letter words and everyone's going to get squirmish your CRM, right? Cause CRMs are only for our leaders and managers. Cause they just want to know what we're doing. They want to micromanage us wrong. You guys, everyone out there, CRMs are gold to me. I think it made me look like I went to Harvard. It made me look like I was the smartest in the room always just because I, I listened and I documented and it gave me a tool to figure out how to follow up with people because they're telling me what to do next. They're giving me information I'm using to then ask questions, not calling to like convince people. I'm, I'm using all that data I gather through conversations and then using it to further the relationship. So that really chapter talks about, again, painful lessons of how I was not good at that early in my career. One of the goals in writing the book when I wrote was I didn't want to have this a sales book that says, look at me. I'm so great. I'm all this. I want it to be like, what? Look at my gaps. Look at yeah. my failures. Look at the things I stunk at and don't follow the same mistakes early in my career. Sometimes the what not to do is a better lesson than what to do in a lot uh, of ways. So I yep. love that. Um, I have a friend who uh, for since smartphone, I think since her BlackBerry somehow carried through um, she has a CRM for her company, but personally, everyone that goes into her contacts, she has notes on the date they met, where they met. So we were at a networking meeting. We were at a networking meeting. This guy comes up to her because you look so familiar. I feel like I've met you. And she said, well, let's see. And he goes, what do you mean? Let's see. And she opens up her contacts and she looks up his name and she's like, yeah, we met five years ago at a f- conference in Philadelphia and, and you have, you know, two kids that are in Wissahickon school district. And he's like, oh my gosh. She's like, I, everyone I've ever met is in there. So that's so cool. It's so cool. It's very, that's very uncommon cool. right there. And that's, that's, that's a great, I'm going to, I might steal that. What's your friend's name? Kimberly Levin. Shout out Kimberly. I'm, you you, you yeah. coached the, you coached the coach today. Well done. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. Um, fabulous. So, and she's actually a, an amazing interview. If you ever want somebody, uh, well, she, you do fathers. So, if, but if anyone's listening and you want to interview a really cool person, she's great. All right. Number five, five, it kind of goes back to the question you asked me earlier about making sales social is really, it's about letting your authentic self shine. It's about giving tools and ideas and ex- stories and experiences on why being ourself is the num- number one, most important thing. The worst advice, I hate to call some leaders out when they say fake it till you make it. I, I cannot stand that advice. I hate and, that. Yeah, it's the worst. And why would you not, why would you fake something you're not? Uh, to me, it's, uh, if, if I'm if I'm flying an airline, if I'm a, a passenger, I don't want my pilot faking it till they make it. It's, in, it's you're going to drive insecurities. You're not going to be who, who you are. But I think sometimes the power of realizing that you don't have all the answers, the power of saying, I don't know, mm-hmm. is a gift. One of my mentors in life, he, his name is John Kaplan. He said, it's okay not to know every answer. It's just not okay not to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And that to me has always resonated no matter how successful or unsuccessful or whatever stage in your career, 
when we show we can ask for help, I think as leaders, it is, does amazing things for your culture because my equation for leadership is humility plus vulnerability equals leadership. And that power of being yourself, power of saying, Hey, I don't have all the answers, but let's, let's figure it out together. Um, allows for deeper connection, whether it's internal or external. That's great. I, and I don't think people do that enough. I think they're very transaction driven and I think they miss that point significantly. So that that's a great, not just a reminder, but how to do it well. Right. It, yeah. And, and authentically because you care, not because you're trying to make a sale. Right. So I love that. And what is, as we round this out at the sixth common sense strategy? Relationships take time. They take patience. They take perseverance. Um, I talk about a story where there's a um, shout out to Nadine. If you're listening, it took me five years. She was an executive, at a former customer of mine. It took five years to build that relationship. But it's tight as tight can be. I could text her right now. I'd be willing to bet she'd text us back when I'm on this call. I haven't worked at that company in four years. Wow. And it just gives steps and stories that like, I even think about there's a gentleman I'm coaching right now and he wants to be promoted so quick. And all he's focusing on is that and he's been there 10 months. And I'm like, so this is your idea, not theirs yet. You've not, you're not showing your leadership team why they should promote. All you're doing is bringing negative energy, energy person said, let's change your mindset. Let's mm -hmm. focus on what you do have control over. Let's focus on building great relationships. And all of a sudden they're going to be like, man, he or she's doing amazing things. We should probably promote them. Great idea, Mr. And Mrs. Mm -hmm. Boss. It's their idea, not yours. So um, it just reminding people that to one, give yourself grace in this business development process. It's hard. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. But when you when you commit to it long-term, realizing that it's, an, like Simon Sinek says, it's an infinite game. It, it takes time. Mm -hmm. And I know as soon as we don't admit to that, that you got to do it the right way. And I found that over my 20 years, 20, well, now 25 years of, of doing what I'm doing, those six things were the things that helped me sell it at, a, at an elite level when I was in corporate. I love that. This really powerful information, and this is like the core of your book, Win the Relationship, Not the Deal. So tell our listeners where they can find that. Well, it's on Amazon. Um, it's on my, and my website, caseyjaycox.com slash book. Which, and I will say to be the power of, if I'm leading with coachability, um, our esteemed host of the show coached me before we started. And so <laughs> she gave me great advice, buddy. And so if I'm going to be coachable, I'm leading from the front here. I'm, I'm being coachable. I'm going to make sure that that redirect is exactly the way it should look to make it easier for all you to go out and buy it. That's great. Well, uh, I'm going to go out and buy it for mm. sure. Uh, I really love the concept that it's really when we ditch the ego, when we're really in it to be authentic and we want to be the best people we can be, we're going to show up in a way that will naturally build relationships. So I thank you for these uh, great gems of insight. And I'm excited to hear the successes as people start to put them together. Casey, thank you so much for joining us for making sales social. I know that your insights will have a significant impact on our listeners. Have it's a an honor day. to be here. Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social Podcast. Leave a review down below. 
Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.